Hello, and welcome to another episode of Rich in Relationship. And today, we're going to talk about something really interesting. We're going to talk about the myth of you got to work hard on your relationship. And our guest today is Erin Royer, and she has two kick-ass podcasts, Minding the Gap and Parenting Beyond Discipline. How are you, Erin? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. Such a pleasure. And uh, I'm really excited about this topic because I think that as Americans, we love the idea of work ethic, but when it comes to relationship, we get really confused about it. But before we leap into it, I want to ask you, I understand that you've got these two podcasts and you're really into parenting and, um, and that there's so much more to parenting than discipline. I'm curious, how did your heart lead you into this work? So are we talking, sorry, are we talking about the parenting work or the other work? Because there's actually two different strains. Whichever work you would like okay. to share with us. So quickly, I'll talk about the parenting work. Um, I grew up in a family with a lot of abuse and feeling like I wasn't appreciated, like I was a burden. And so the parenting work, I was led to that by wanting to parent differently and wanting to have a different relationship with my children and wanting them to grow up feeling empowered and confident. So that was something I really wanted to change. But in the other realm, I've started doing a lot of work in recent years. In the last five years, I started to slowly realize that I was really unhappy in my life. And one of those areas, big areas was my marriage. Mm. And I had a really good relationship for all intents and purposes by what people would judge. Um, he's a really a great person. He, there was no resentment. There was, you know, a lot of people have a lazy partner. I did not have a lazy partner. He was a partner who really pitched in, but there was something deeper missing there. Yeah. But I felt like I didn't have the right to be unhappy in this relationship. And so I pushed those feelings down for a long time and they kept coming up stronger and harder and i finally had to face this and there's a lot of guilt around that because we are taught that till death do us part and for better or for worse you stick this out and so that was a very difficult thing to come to terms with it's okay to not feel fulfilled in a relationship to feel like this isn't pushing you forward to the self that you are becoming and that it's okay to step out of a relationship that just is no longer working for you. Got it. Got it. Well, and thank you so much for sharing that. That's painful stuff. And it really, it really lessons. is. Important lessons. Very much. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, there's so much in what you shared that resonates with me and that we talk about here on the Rich in Relationship podcast, you know, the, the idea that in our wider culture, um, there's our, the word that we give when we get married. And then there's this idea that, you know, when the going get tough, the tough get going. And, uh, you know, the, the idea that I think surrender is a, a very slippery word in our culture, which makes people think of uh, quitting and giving up. But sometimes when something's just not working, we need to find a way through that's sustainable, as you point out, for us and for everyone involved. Very true. And, you know, and I did a lot of work and it wasn't like I just said, oh, it's not working and walked away. I read a lot of books. I did a lot of self-discovery. I was going to therapy every week. We went to therapy together 
And we really did put in that effort. And I finally just had to say it's okay to walk away. Mm -hmm. Well, and it's interesting, the studies on the impact of conflict, of marital conflicts on children show that um, at the top, you've got those couples who figure out how to resolve it and they're like in pretty good harmony and they stay married, right? That the, the um, American dream, maybe it's the world dream. And then next you've got, uh, actually at the bottom, what you have is couples who decide they're going to tough it out, even though they're in massive disagreement and disharmony. And the kids who come out of those marriages are actually worse off than the kids of divorce, whether the divorce is uh, reg relatively friendly or whether it's a hostile divorce, kids in divorce actually come out less damaged than kids who are in a family where the couple stays together because it's till death do you part and we're just going to work hard on it. That's really interesting. I haven't heard that statistic, but I have one that's similar that um, children of divorce actually can be just as successful, just as resilient, just as happy as children whose parents stay married if the divorce is relatively amicable, if the parents can keep the conflict and co-parent decently together. But conflict in marriage and conflict in divorce are pretty much the same and it's very, very damaging mm -hmm. to the children. Yeah, no, for sure. If, uh, if a couple that is having trouble making it work married can make it work as separate parents in separate spaces, so much better for the children than other circumstances. Yes, very true. The, the discussion is around the myth of hard work is what, what relationships are. The relationships are based on hard work. Tell, tell us more about your experience with this, please. So what I have seen in my own experience and working with a lot of couples and you know, in my training as a therapist, I see a lot of couples or partners looking to each other to try to fill a need that they missed growing up. Mm. I see a lot of couples um, just saying like, if my partner would just do X, we would be happier, we would get along. But the truth is, is that our partner is a mirror to us. So they can hold up a mirror. And so many times the work is, well, any work in the relationship is always on the self. It's not on the relationship. The relationship can bring it up. It can be a catalyst. It can be a mirror, but the couple really isn't working on the relationship. If that makes sense. Like it's, I have to go and do my work. You go and do your work. You can hold up a mirror to me and say, um, I really, if I'm going to be, if we are going to be successful in this relationship, this is what I need and then go off and do that work or not, you get to decide. So what I see happening is couples will often like, it's like a, a game of tennis. Like they'll hit the ball over the net and then like, here's what I need. You toss that over and the partner doesn't hit the ball back. They make it about them. They leave the ball sitting there and just ignore it. And then the person who lobbed the ball is now frustrated and they feel ignored. And there's a lot of resentment that starts to, to build up. And then we hit another ball over. Well, maybe if I hit it again, maybe they'll hit it back this time. Nope. Okay. I'm going to hit it again. And it just, if they're not picking up the ball, if they're not responding, 
then it's time to make a decision. Do I want to even try to play tennis with this person anymore? Yeah, well, and there's so much in that because uh, a lot of the couples I work with, one partner's playing tennis, the other one's playing soccer. So they don't even <laughs> recognize the ball when it comes over the net or that there is a net. Like to them, the net's the goal. The net's like they just had, they have different, completely different ideas of the game they're playing with each other. They're speaking uh, somewhat different languages and missing each other completely, which makes it even more complicated. Right. And the other thing I've seen a lot is that, you know, our partner will hold up a mirror or will hold up a mirror to them. And what that mirror reflects is our deepest shadow self and our shame triggers. And so that is a really difficult thing to face and to look at. And so a lot of times there's retreat because it's too painful and it's too deep and I don't want to look at that and I don't want to deal with that. And so that's why I don't return the ball to you. How about my, how about my listeners? Let's just pretend they don't know what is a shadow self. So when you talk about a shadow self, what do you, but I mean, I, I think I get, it sounds like what you're talking about. I'm going to help you out here is you're talking about our, that side of ourselves that we're not so proud of that side of ourselves that maybe hasn't made the best decisions, that side of ourselves that maybe has compromised our own values in life, uh, our guilt, our shame, the things that we're not the dirty underwear. We don't, we are, are less likely to air out. Very true. It's also the part of ourselves that may actually be what makes us shine, but we've been made to feel ashamed of it. So we're too much, right? Mm -hmm. we're, we're too extra. We're too emotional. We're too affectionate. We're too, you know, whatever, too quiet, too outgoing. It, it could be a part of us that's actually a very positive piece, mm -hmm. but we've been but we through our- We framed it as a negative. Right. We've been told as a child, like, you're too emotional. You're too much. You need to, you need to tone it down or you're too quiet. You need to be more outgoing. And so if we get that triggered because we've been taught and been programmed that this is not a good thing to be, then we can hide that piece, which is really the most amazing piece of us. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you've got that side of yourself and the world is your mirror. So what's, what starts happening there? You're, you're, getting into disagreement, we'll call it. We'll start out with disagreement with your partner, which is inevitable, right? We're human beings. It'd be a really boring place if we all agreed on everything all the time, though it might be kind of peaceful. It, it, we, it, there wouldn't be a lot of change. Wouldn't be a lot of growth if we all agreed on everything, most likely. So you get into some kind of dis disagreement, which, which to all perspective purposes is gonna happen. And all of a sudden, the other person is your mirrors. And what do you start seeing over there? So let's just say we were told as a child, we were lazy. And so now we're, we work really, really hard and our partner brings up something we're not doing and we're already working really, really hard. And there's one thing we dropped the ball on or one thing that we missed. And so it triggers that shame about I'm lazy. I'm not enough. I don't work hard enough. I don't give enough. And so that can just, instead of having a conversation about that, if that just gets triggered and we don't realize that that's what's happening within us, we get really defensive and we bark back at our partner about how I'm already doing everything I can and you're not helping enough. And so we're not having a conversation about what do we expect from each other? What is too much? I'm overwhelmed. Let's talk about how we can work together. Hold on, hold on. So then you're, we're barking back at our partner and what does that bring up in them? Well, it brings up, 
well, it brings up either their shadow self, which is possible, something that they're ashamed of, or it could just bring up, I can't bring anything up. Like you're not approachable, so we can't work on anything. So now I'm just not going to talk about the struggles in this relationship. I'm just going to let it go because that's easier than trying to have a conversation. This is, you know, this is a trigger from my partner. So it's easier to just kind of never mind, let it go. And then it's just going to build. It's going to build and it's going to build. And then we're in crisis. And then you bring in this work ethic. Oh, we made a commitment here. And you know, I've seen my parents go through this and yeah, they, they toughed it out. And so how does that impact that whole back and forth? So couples will do different things. Either they'll fight a lot, they'll just bicker and fight and it'll just get worse and worse. Or everybody's shoving everything down. They're resentful of each other. We're barely talking to each other. We're kind of getting through life together, raising the kids together. And the kids are seeing one, or both of these patterns where, you know, my parents just don't talk to each other and they learn like, oh, this is what a relationship is. A relationship means it's better when we don't talk to each other because then we fight and they don't learn how to resolve conflict and how to have conversations about needs and relationships. Yeah, absolutely. Actually, the two kinds of clients we see over here are either high conflict couples or couples who are avoiding conflict, exactly what you described. And usually in the conflict avoidance couples, what's happened is eventually it explodes for some reason. There's uh, infidelity or un, uh, some money is spent that shouldn't have been spent or some kind of breach of trust that triggers a conflict and they go, oh my God, we got to do something about this. So yeah, that's it is very typical and normal. So the problem with the, uh, we got to work at this. We, you know, we're like good, good marriages are built on hard work is if you're working hard on the wrong thing, you're just digging a deeper and deeper pit, you know, into what's not working. Exactly. And so when we turn back to ourselves and we can start to do the work on ourselves, which is the only place we have control. We have zero control over our partner, what they do with the information that we give them, but we have 100% control over ourselves. So how can I show up differently? So whether this is a relationship that's uh, going to work or isn't going to work. I, I think that's a, I think that would be nice if we had 100% control over ourselves, but we definitely have 100% influence over ourselves. So I, I, my personal experience of myself is it's not always as controllable as I would like it to be, but it can be manageable. But and, I'm, well, and I think far more manageable than my wife. <laughs> You know, I got, I've got this much influence there and I've got infinite influence over here. Yeah. I mean, I think that I have pretty much hundred percent control over what choice I make today. How am I going to do, what am I going to do today? Am I going to ignore this or am I going to face this and make a change for myself? And so that's where I have control. I have thoughts that are sometimes come in that I don't feel like I have control and I you work to get control I, I over my own you. thoughts, I but feel, I feel that I do. I feel <laughs> that. And I'm sure every listener has had that moment where it's like, this is not where I want to go, but I'm going there. <laughs> right. Right. All right. Yes. But in that moment where we recognize that we're going someplace we don't want to go, it is true. That is where we have a choice. So, yeah. So taking that control of so whether this relationship is going to move forward and get healthier or whether it's not and we're and we want a relationship in the future there's going to have to be some work on the self absolutely you know, what are my triggers what is causing this how can i accept my shadow self we need to accept ourselves 100 before we can ever heal that 
Uh, so true. So true. Whatever we reject in ourselves, we reject in others. I have a client who um, who is despondent. She feels that her husband doesn't want to listen to her, that he's emotionally unavailable, and she's sure that she needs to bug out of this relationship. And, and I have shared with her the idea that there's only one person that she can change. And her reaction, I'm really asking this question for the audience, because I know this comes up for the audience. Um, her reaction is, so what? If I change, she's still going to be the same angry, ignorant asshole <laughs> that, that, that he's showing up as. And it, I, I would, I'm curious what your response would be to someone like that. Well, my response would be, who do you want to be? How do you want to show up for yourself and for other people, whether it's for this person or not? You're going to go on and have other relationships, whether it's a romantic relationship or relationships with friends, family, coworkers, children. How do you want to show up? Who do you want to be in the world and work on becoming that person? So why, why deny the world of the best you, who, whoever you're interacting with? Like, and the impact on her husband when she, as she starts to shift and change and embrace herself, how will that impact her husband, who she currently perceives as being a certain way? It may influence him. It may He may see a difference if she's not grumpy and complaining and constantly nagging. That may be enough for him to shift. And it may not, but not having any attachment to the outcome, yeah. just saying, I'm doing this for me. I'm doing this because I want to show up in a different way in future relationships, in a relationship with myself and how I see myself. I think that's it. I think it comes down to what kind of relationship do I want to have and who, how do I need to be to create the space for that relationship to happen? Now, we can invite people into the space and they may or may not want to play. But without being able to create the space, the opening for the kind of relationship we want to happen, then nothing's going to happen. We, for, it starts, I'm 100% with you, it starts over here. I hope she, I hope she listens to this podcast. <laughs> uh, listen, this is great stuff. Uh, how can people find you, find your podcast, find your work? So I have two podcasts and the one where this is for adults who are looking to change. It's about transformation, the process of transformation and getting very deep into the self because it all starts with who am I? What am I about? And that podcast is called Minding the Gap. So that's the gap from where we are to where we want to be. And how can we pay attention to that so that we can move forward and use the richness of the gap to move forward? And then for parents who want to break patterns from their childhood, if they had trauma, abuse, um, just patterns of not feeling seen and heard. I have a podcast called Parenting Beyond Discipline, which is about everything parenting out there for raising just amazing kids who are go out in the world and they just thrive because they're happy and well-adjusted. And you, folks, you can Google that or you can look in the notes for this show. We're going to have all of Aaron's good stuff down there. And if people want to find you personally, what's the best place for them to look for you? My website, yourvillageonline.com. There's a contact uh, on there. They can Great email. Website. I have yeah, got a website empty right now. What's <laughs> the name? Your Village Online. I love yeah. it. Or they can email podcast at yourvillageonline.com to reach out to my assistant, Amy, and get any questions over for either podcast or just to say hi. <laughs> sweet, sweet. Okay, so um, 
the question I ask everyone as we approach the end of the podcast, and I hate it when the end comes because I love meeting new people, but the question is, what is the legacy you would like to leave behind? I would really like for to help people and help guide people to drop the guilt, drop the shame, show up as their true selves, find the courage and face their fears so that they can live a life that's really fulfilling and stop keeping ourselves in cages. Most of the time we are keeping ourselves imprisoned by belief structures that just don't work for us. And then also help parents break cycles of their childhood to, you know, so that their kids aren't having to go through all this angst that we adults are dealing with, with the relationships and who am I and my triggers, getting rid of as much of that. No, we're not gonna be perfect. We're always a work in progress, but, you know, releasing a lot of that so that their kids don't have to work through all that as they, once they reach adulthood. I love it. I love it. Yeah, that's part of our mission over here is helping parents to have greater joy and resilience in their own lives. So their children have joyful and resilient lives as well. Love that. We are we are of one heart. Thank you so much for coming to the show. Uh, perhaps we can do this again. This was wonderful. This was such a great conversation. All right. Have a great day. Thank you. You too.